0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you talking to me, Wiki?
1: There we
2: go. Whoa. All right, now we go. I'm, no, I don't
1: have a wiki.
3: What's that? It's wiki.ng. <laughs> I just Googled your um. you know, Amy C three and it's like maybe the fifth result. It's like who is Amy C three? Everything you need to know. <laughs>
0: what the fuck? <laughs> no, 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 no,
3: <laughs> Yeah. Wait, I, it's kinda of suspect. I mean it's I, not it could be worse, but
2: uh sure. yeah, took's got it. Uh some yeah it says Amy it sounds like you're using your webcam mic again for the call. I broke
3: the spot. There
1: you go. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Look at that. Mm. Profession Twitch star. All right.
1: No. He was yep. doing this. He was doing this to me. No. No, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> Alright, I think we got everything okay. fixed up here.
1: Yep. I got the microphone star,
2: fixed. Awesome. Yeah.
3: It could be a lot worse, um, you know. Like, you know,
1: it could. Honestly, yeah. I can I can see how things could be way worse. So.
2: Yeah. this is like um, this like when uh, I was after I did the platform committee here in Texas, uh, I found out like there was like a chud wiki site that was like doxing all of our group that we organized to get people in their seats. And like, yeah, yeah, and they're like a famous site though. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> Amy's probably heard of it. I forget what it
3: is. It's like mm. there's a name for it. It's like the um, what is it called, Tony? You you remember? It's like a. What? It's like a well-known place for
2: like the right. It's like a, I don't like, remember what, the, what it was called. No, like what was it? Like Chud Chudwicky?
3: No, but it's not. Yeah, it like, it Magawickly though. Like you'd recognize it. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Um, you know, like the canary thing like uh, that zionist site where they dox all the palestinian activists it's kind of like that but like broader
1: oh yeah. i'm not familiar with this stuff mm. i know that yeah. you have to be careful with the most that i've ever experienced with like far-right terror online mm-hmm. is uh mm-hmm. discord they'll like admit that they have been dispatched from like a discord and they'll comment at Okay. Like once, and it would be like 10 to like 15 chuds that just try to, you know, ruin the vibe, if you will. I'm assuming yeah. that the uh, the bot raids that I get to come Ooh. from, you know, people who I have pissed off from the raid. I've ended up on a few like, like right hate- wing.
2: Like hate raids?
1: Yeah. Ooh, and- uh, yeah, I've ended up on actually quite a few of like those uh, right wing hater watch group lists. So
3: <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, uh, I mean, did, did you get we- any like hate raids or anything?
1: Yeah, hmm. I still get one. I, the one, the, the 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 most recent one was only like maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, so it still <sighs> happened.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I think we fly. But, but, you know. Uh, Way f- too far on the radar to get those hate raids in. Like <laughs> yeah, at least, have, at least like- so far. Like what we did get was like a bunch of these weird, like Nazi-oriented account, like XX. I'm a Nazi. XX. <laughs> like a bunch oh, of these, like, hate follows that came through. Um, for, I mean, yeah, I don't remember how many that we had. At one point, we had like sixty of these Nazi accounts just following us randomly, um, and then one of these times in we got like, I don't even remember how many follow we had to turn off the alerts. Cause they, they gave us like a, a thousand of these bot follows out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, no idea what to do with them. Oh yeah. It said you're a 51. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, the, probably like the most relentless attack that we've experienced in my community mm-hmm. ended up them giving me money bits oh really yeah because you I can mean, like send a message uh, and they would send like one penny at a time yeah, yeah. that's how far yeah. they were willing to go to like cause a little bit of chaos and like <laughs> at first i don't want your money because it was it was like the number of bits that they were doing was like right is like 18 or 1988 is there there's relevant is there some oh, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Like,
2: 88 right 88 thing yeah like was it? Um, I don't know what it is. Oh, five eighty something. Some it's it's some way to like say Hitler this or that, right? But yeah, yeah, literally. it's like
1: one of those like,
2: like 1488, right? it's 1488, 1480, fourteen eighty eight, right? fourteen eighty eight? Yeah, sorry, sorry. There you go. And then um, Yeah, it's like a crypto fascist thing, HH, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, so right? Isn't so, H- so they kept H- donating H- you money. On, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah, and I'm like, H- oh, H- I feel H- really dirty
1: <laughs> because I don't want a Nazi's money, but also they're like. Right like, yeah. they're like paying to like harass me. and Yeah. So they have ways to go about making mm-hmm. you feel as uncomfortable as possible. If you are, you know, to the left of them.
2: Right.
3: I usually, I'm like, I feel like I'm more, more like, um, tolerant, you know, like people doubt. just like to fucking boot them right away. And I'm like, wait, totally says something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and when he says something dumb, and you boot him. We're yeah. always fighting about Matt,
2: it. Yeah, Matt is very, very like uh, accepting of people. <laughs> like he keeps waiting until, all right, wait a minute, was that really like something very fashy? Let's think about it for a second.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think in some ways mm-hmm. it's important to be a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. accepting of of individuals especially if they're kind of like on this journey like they're just like beginning their journey yeah. to like step outside mm-hmm. of their of their own like limitations of ideology and their worldview and i know that i have received plenty of flack from you know uh liberals who have said mm-hmm. you're not really doing a service to Liberals who might be interested in learning more, but not giving them the room to ask questions. It's like, well, you never do know if if they're asking a question in good faith or not. And I try to be pretty mindful of the fact that it wasn't too long ago that I was a liberal. (laughs) who was very stuck in my ways. And like, yeah, so... Wait, wait,
2: uh, how how much of a lib were you?
1: I was, I was, uh, I was the, like, the, the, I'm like... (laughs) Okay, so I, so I was like a cross between like glass ceiling feminists, <sighs> girl boss, mm. gatekeep, girl boss, <laughs> gaslight, you know that and like a a uh blue-haired <laughs> a, a blue haired uh radical feminist like uh. i was awful like i was so fucking awful looking back and then like in retrospect i was like oh my god like i voted for mm. Hil- hillary over bernie in the 2016 primary Same. like i was
3: that bitch <laughs> like i was <laughs> it.
2: yeah <laughs> I- <laughs> that's why that's what i was <laughs> like, asking like I-, I was gonna see if you can outlive me because you know i i actually voted for hillary over obama right uh did okay. that in the primary Didn't do that though. uh i would routinely in
1: 2008
2: yes 2008 i was, I was, uh, <laughs> I, was uh, I was uh i was back in the hill dog and then uh 2016 of course backed hillary over bernie i even bought the i even bought the hillary shirt i still have the hillary shirt somewhere you know we go uh, through and look at his memes sometimes yes the he has all these look <laughs> at my, my like old lib memes uh I, no
1: uh, oh no it's okay I'm i, I still
2: have the what do you call it the um what do you call it the hillary book somewhere right there on my bookshelf still there <laughs> okay so at
1: least you have unless you have like a tattoo on your forearm of hillary Rodham clinton you're not the biggest simp like
2: what's his face yeah, oh, yeah pete no. davidson yeah pete davidson <laughs> No, <laughs> no uh, I never went that as far as to get the tattoo. I did have a little Hillary bobblehead on my like lawyer desk that I bought uh, when I was um, uh, during law school. Yeah, I'd, I had a little Hillary, you know, bobblehead. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bas- basically, you know, Amy Poehler and Parks and Rec, bro. <laughs>
1: She had like the yeah. pictures of like Madeline Albright and like, yeah. Right. Just, yeah, yeah, you see. I they, love they,
2: that show. I love that, man. That, that was my jam. I will watch <laughs> that thing routine. I mean, I'll still watch it now, you know. I look at it with a little bit of a different lens now, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll still rock that thing. I'll still check out this thing, you know. But like, every so, like, there's a line, one of the episodes, I don't remember which one, where um, Ron says something about, like, you see, I'm just, I'm like, I'm just like a base capitalist, or something like that. And then, um, Leslie comes back and says the same thing. Like, well, I love capitalism too. It's like, oh yeah, both of y'all love capital.
1: <laughs> Isn't Ron Swanson a libertarian? He's
2: a, like a, a like complete pure libertarian, right? It's like that's yeah. exactly what he is. He's,
1: like all he wants to do is like live in the woods, but like yes. he can't. And
2: then and then he yeah, has to work. He has like a fortune that he never tells anybody about, and it's all in gold.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like a, oh. yeah, at one point, it is this like, gold bug? Yeah, no, he just has gold stashed somewhere, right?
1: It's like, like a gold bars, like it's like Fort Knox. Yes, but nobody yeah. knows like how much or where it is. Right, like, the, like the his wife, his, uh,
2: his ex wife tried to steal it one time. It was like, like I found where you had your gold, and I stole half of it. It's like that's decoy gold. Do you think I would bury it just underground where anybody could find it? <laughs> <laughs> and locked in a safe.
1: That's what he said tammy
2: <laughs> yes tammy one tammy two, there we go oh god tammy you i was lucky enough to tammy. skip that like i never really had like a lid face yes
3: well
1: don't rub it in come on But yeah, like, that, i yes. mean
3: it's not no no i yeah, was just like political, like yeah i was always like pretty lefty like mm. i've like a I'm sure chats probably heard the story before but like mm. a When the Berlin Wall fell, it was, like, one of my earliest memories. And I was, like, a little kid, and I remember asking my mom, like, oh, what's why are the communists bad? Like, what's wrong with communism or whatever? And she had something about how, like, you know, they all shared, right? And I was like, what? They all share everything? What's with that? Like, weren't you just telling me, like, how cool sharing was? So then it was always in my head, like, that's the system you want to get to. But I was, like, you know, I was, like, a punk rocker. So, I would like, you know, I'd go to shows and DIY and all that, but, like, you always knew that we were like hopeless, right? Mm -hmm. And then after, um, you know, like the anti-war stuff and the early aughts, I was in college in New York right You know, after 9-11 and going to all those protests. I was just so demoralized after it. So like for 10 years, I didn't, you know, I didn't even like read the news, right? I didn't care at all. I was just like completely checked out. And then, um, you know, when Bernie came around, I was like, whoa, we can actually do something, right? We can actually like move the needle a little bit potentially and you know been like you know like brainwormed ever since, right?
1: That's actually really beautiful, but I do think a lot of people share the same kind of political journey where they they feel so helpless. And mm-hmm. I think that defeatist position is where a lot of people find themselves after years and years of the same neoliberal hegemonic dominance portrayed by either side of the political spectrum from Mm. either primary party. And Mm -hmm. there's only so much of the same old shit that you can really take unless you, you know, you continue on with the momentum that we started to see from like that one prospect of change. And that is Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders. And think about what Mm -hmm. Bernie did to, you know, Embolden so many other people to say, you know what, I'm going to run for Congress or I'm going to run for city council and I'm going to try to make a difference. Yes. And I really wish that there was a way to continue on and find ways to activate members in our communities that can lead to long-term organizing, which would be necessary to begin that real fight for Collecting ourselves for the purposes of taking back our power—that I don't think we ever really had in the first place—but <laughs> yeah. it's a good time to start, I suppose. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, the the way I kind of look at it is like uh, it's, it's kind—I mean, I look at my own situation. Like the, the indoctrination when it comes to what sort of information you're imbibing in uh, really is what keeps people in that neoliberal sort of um, echo uh, chamber, right? Uh, like, I mean, for me, I never really looked at, at, at uh, any sort of independent media. I never got out, I uh, never got messages outside of those corporate spaces. So, and if you stay in that space and don't listen to anybody else, you know, giving you a different worldview, then you, all you hear is a bunch of this team sport antics where it's, you know, Democrats, good, bad, Republicans, bad, um, and and Bernie Sanders is just crazy. He's just like a fringe radical. You know all those those Is that what you saw when this. you heard Bernie? Yeah, I thought it was like some kind like of like coffee. yeah, I thought it was like an extremist or some shit like that at that time. You know? I, like yeah. I always,
1: Really? Oh. I I remember telling, telling my dreamer. family that. Yeah. Like Bernie's <laughs> ideas are just as pie in the sky as like Trump's
2: right, right. plan to build a wall. Exactly. And I kept doing like the horseshoe theory thing, right? You know, like, it was like, you oh, did? I mean, you pulled, yeah, it the horseshoe worse. theory thing. That's exactly oh, what it would go to. Those. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, there's just so, there's like, they're both talking all this. I mean, I didn't know what it was at the time, but they're both, you know, just speaking about populism. Therefore, they're the same, <laughs> they're the same thing. It's like the Yasha Monk,
3: right? Uh-huh. You know, like that long ass article he wrote about how like populism is bad. And like, mm. I, I, you know. Like, I guess populism is bad in the sense that, like, it's what, you know, demagogues harness, like, vague populist, like, vibes and try to, you know, Mm. like, sucker people in with that, right? Mm. But, like, the, like, you need to have, like, there's got to be some element of populism involved, Mm. right? Like, because the ruling class needs to be defeated, right? Like, it's, Mm. it's there's no way around that, right? Like, that... So that element, that class war element has to be in it, but like, you know, and and that's the thing is
2: like looking at, at mainstream news, you're like just completely devoid of any kind of class analysis. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's all about the culture crap. Mm -hmm. They play up on, on like ethnic differences, gender differences, all that sort of stuff. They'll play that freaking tune to the bone and uh, you'll get so wrapped up in that discourse that you'll never really look at anything else.
1: I, I I'm not surprised that mm. it's so it's in many respects, just as bad on MSNBC and CNN as mm. it is in Fox news. It's just like a different kind of flavor. Yes. Uh, I don't find myself watching it often, but today we watched a quick snippet of how uh, black voting rights uh, leaders and activists are kind of calling ahead of the uh, rally that Joe Biden has planned. Mm. Discuss voting rights in Georgia. And they're saying, hey, like, stay home. Don't worry about it. We're going to boycott. So they're, they're planning a boycott. And I don't even know the name of the anchor anchor who's on MSNBC, but he was like, don't you think that's a, like, a little bit like too much? Like He seemed like very, very offended that yeah. uh, like voting right activists in Atlanta in a historically disenfranchised state would say, hey, you know what? Don't show the fuck up and do your platitudes and say that you're committed to giving us yeah, voting rights in theory. While you do nothing and allow Joe Manchin to obstruct any real legislative efforts to make it not so fucking difficult to do something as fundamental to democracy as casting a fucking
3: vote. You know yes. what I mean? So, ugh. didn't um, what's her face say she wasn't going to go either? Um, let me a blanket on her name. Lady ran Renf- for governor. CC. Oh,
1: CC Abrams.
3: Yeah, didn't she say she wasn't going either? Right. I mean, no, she wasn't speaking. Right. But I do not know if she was part of like the, you know, the uh, boycott effort. But I mean, that's pretty cool. I It should piss them off that he's in Georgia and not like in a state where the senators are not signing on to it. Right. Like it should be. I, I just don't know how they can do that. Like, it's just like we constantly are coming back to this every single night. Like, are they doing this on purpose or are they just this inept? It's so hard to say, right? Stuff like this, it's like, why in the world would you be holding this rally in Atlanta? I mean, I get the point about like, oh, you know, like it was rigged and Stacey Abrams lost or whatever. But like you you have Asam and Warnocker both on board, right? Like you need to go to places to drum up support where it's not, it's not on board, right? Uh, <clears throat> so I have a little bit that. of a
1: theory behind that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that Joe Biden has no interest in doing any kind of whipping on his end mm-hmm. to to demand concessions mm-hmm. from Kyrsten Sinema and Joe Manchin who are the two senators who are bound to stand in the way of passing voting rights legislation that is assuming that the filibuster is effectively killed. So Joe Biden has once said that we need to outorganize voter suppression tactics. Joe Biden showing up and putting his face out there and saying that he is supporting voting rights in good faith. And I think attempting to activate leaders to do that extra work to begin the work or to emulate the work that Stacey Abrams began in her gubernatorial uh, race yeah, is maybe what Joe Biden is thinking will ultimately lead to high voter turnout in Georgia without having to worry about passing these two crucial pieces of legislation tied Mm -hmm. to voting rights and eliminating the barriers to vote instead of, you know, making sure that federal mandates are in place just uh go go there go show show the voters of of georgia that you care so much about them you see them and you hear them and pray to god that this does lead to some sort of activation that will get the political rights activists up and going to uh begin the process of registering as many people to vote by the midterms yeah. No, I know that sounds crazy. Yeah, but I was a lib once.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I mean kidding, it right? makes sense. They're trying to do like we hear you, we see you, right? Yes. They think that they can just run on that and fear mongering about the right, which I. I mean, I, I mean, the, in theory, like, you, the you think that they have a right strategy to still win, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like the Republicans might do damage if they get back in power, right? I mean, they definitely will, but mm. how much of it? So, I mean, they can try and run on that again, right? But I don't know if that's going to work. Like, it'll get the activated people who, you know, are interested, but it's not going to bring out the people, you know, who voted for the first time last time. It's a losing or- strategy.
1: Yeah. Yes. No, that's yeah. the whole thing. It's it's going to blow up in the face of Biden and Harris. Right. Because- <laughs> gerrymandering is going to inevitably favor the republicans anyway Hmm. the republicans want to try to make it as as easy for trump to win again in 2024 what better way to do that than to uh secure joe biden's status as a lame duck president if the republicans take control of congress right what will Mm -hmm. joe biden even be able to pass then
2: I mean, he can't pass anything now, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it'll, for sure, the surefire way to make sure he won't get a goddamn thing done in the next final years of his, the two final years of his uh, his tenure. I mean,
3: I thought they had like personal interest in winning races, right? Mm -hmm. But I really think it's more important to them to maintain relationships with private sector donors types, right? Like Mm -hmm. whatever they have lined up for after Congress, I think is the goal, not so much winning again, you know, Uh, (laughs) just ignore the chat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're like letting these state legislatures are going to be able to run wild. I mean, it's up to debate how much they're going to actually use these new laws, but I mean, it could get dicey, right? And that could, I mean, Worse than this, right? These most of those Yahoos already, you know, they think 2020 was
2: stolen. Now, mm-hmm. what are they going to think next time? Um, mm-hmm. But, but uh, are you of the thought that uh, Trump for sure is going to run in
1: 2024?
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But see. I, Unless like,
1: he like ends up un- undergoing some sort of like federal, ele- some federal investigation that actually does have some sort of. That's what I was
3: thinking, right? Yeah. If they can get him like, you know, um somehow tied up in legal, you know, legal issues. Um, which again will lead to the same kind of thing though, right? Because it'll be like, oh, they're arresting me because, you know, they're taking me to court because they can't beat me, you know, like uh you know, kind of like um stuff you see uh in what they said of you know what they accused um What's his name? Nicaragua of doing right. You locked up all the, you know, those guys who did the queue. <coughs> you locked. You had them all locked up, so you didn't have to go against them. Why are you? What? Tuke's getting. We got a new mod in the chat. It looks like he's getting a little, uh, a <laughs> little head, head of his skis with his uh, timeouts. Oh, really
1: I sorry. honestly can't even reach that, so don't oh, okay. worry about okay. it. <laughs> I can just see
3: like okay. I can see like the icons that pop up.
2: Ortega, That's the guy's name. So. Um. What was I going to say? Um well I mean is well I mean f- to uh what Amy's saying about the um Trump running again, right? I mean he's already kind of taking shots at DeSantis which I think you know is probably like, his oh, yeah, biggest competitor, right? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, you know it's going to end up being a thing where you know I, I I like I I think you know the way the way it's pointing out is that um you know i like the, the party the base is still right behind Trump, and the g o p really i mean the main figures in the g o p haven't done anything to try to wrest control back away from him or if they want to go ahead and move back away from they they're kind of married to his brand still um yeah that's the thing. Work. It's like
3: they well yeah, that's their option right it's like mm-hmm. they can't they think they basically know that they can't win without him, right? Mm. Like, he's their only shot, so they have to put up with it.
2: I, I, I think I DeSantis mean, I think... could probably be Biden right now,
3: uh,
1: so?
2: yeah. But I mean, do you see his approval? I mean, Biden's no, like big, down at 33%, like yeah. But mm-hmm.
1: like, how well, like, have we seen like how well DeSantis polls?
3: Yeah, like, so many people don't hmm. vote I unless they're voting it. for Trump, right? They're not actually Republicans, they're just Trump voters, right? Because they like him.
2: Right. And there's yeah. a
3: huge chunk of people who only go because they want to vote for Trump. Right. So oh. without him, I don't know. I think they think that's what they think, at least. Right. There are so many people who like voted Republican for the first time to vote for Trump. Right. Oh. So I, I think they think they need him. But I mean, with the way these laws are being skewed and the, oh. the way the Democrats
2: are shitting in the bed, I mean, yeah. they probably could run whoever, you know, they could run, you well, know. Well, I mean, just I and mean, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, the the vaccine has become like such a wedge issue, right? So, like, if uh Desantis wants to use that and run behind it, I mean, even the COVID numbers are not in favor of Biden. So, you're you're kind of looking at a similar situation of of when Trump was running against Biden, where you know he can keep hammering home like, "Oh, look how bad he's handled COVID." Well, I mean, look at Biden. Look how bad he's handled COVID. <laughs> you know, yeah, and and you can still come up with this mirage of saying all right you know he's he's uh turning us into this authoritarian hellscape with mandates everywhere even though it doesn't exist right i mean you could go ahead and say that uh and get away with it um and i think a lot of people will probably eat that up (laughs) still about you with um how polarizing everything has gotten with the the vaccines the 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 mass and everything else like that is there enough of them
1: are they going to die? Like that's what like some people are starting to kind of speculate uh-huh. the possibility that COVID is going to take out so many loyal members of Republican voting <laughs> blocks like across the country that maybe we don't even have to worry about like the damage that's done right now with you, like, I don't know, gerrymandering, those are the gerrymandering reddest, and
0: such.
3: Like, like the reddest, are reddest, the reddest areas. areas though. They have uh-huh. a big, I think in those but, districts, mostly they have a big kind of um, mm. a cushion, right? So they can lose a huge chunk and still, you know, is there like 70, 30, yeah. you know, or yeah. plus 30 districts mostly. Mm. I mean, probably though. I mean, I wonder if the consultants think that though. Yeah. That would be interesting. Like if they thought they oh, didn't. Seven yeah. the oh, sound oh, the
2: Oh, Thank what you what very about? much for that. Rave. that Rave music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> following
3: will Person who, um, the yeah. second biggest. Uh, biggest that I know.
2: Wait, who is? He's so? the first. Wait, wh- wait, who you're is talking it? to him. This what? guy. What's, what? What? Excuse me. I'm, the the,
1: I'm. I believe I'm number one. Actually. Oh. 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 We need to, do we need to yeah.
2: top three? Need to sit down right
1: and, and, and you I, know I, I hash I think,
2: this out. I, I think that's what we're here for, right? We're we're uh, okay. we're, we're ha- we can go ahead and Yeah. At- 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 at
1: Bring it on! Right.
2: The well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, I got the whole simp jail thing out here, right? Go ahead and see this thing, but uh, yeah, like there's a little simp jail coin thing that I could already set up over here. If you could see the chat, I'm not sure, but let me see. Uh, uh, I can't really see it. Uh-huh. Oh, but it's cool. You can, you can still see me get slurred. Here. But yeah, when I get That's slurred, yup, AOC pops up in the chat. <laughs>
1: Okay, there it is. There it is. I see it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's actually really cute. I like that. <laughs> Clever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean like I mean it, yeah. in, in reality though, I mean I I mean I just kind of feel like, you know, she's like the best way going forward at this point, you know? Like what are we going like, to do because if Biden doesn't end up running in 2024, uh right then what are we gonna end up doing like having a clear field for uh for Kamala I mean the only one that has any sort of national prominence that's a progressive line that isn't Bernie is AOC so
1: I I can't yeah, I, yeah. so like I don't think that she would jeopardize her career mm. so early on mm-hmm. without having ample time to put together a very strong grassroots campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who really knows when, if if Joe Biden is going to announce his plans to not run, uh, how much time that would give her, realistically.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, she's our
3: best bet, but yeah. I still think 2024
2: yeah. would be tough. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. We I could mean, go that, again, but, man. But again, it, it depends on, you. Know, like I said, if it depends on what Biden does. If Biden decides he's not going to run and then it's just Kamal up on the ballot. Um. Mm -hmm. Then you got. I mean, you have to run somebody. You got to put somebody out there against her. Oh my god! No,
1: like people are already making fun of me because like this is Uh like the second op-ed about maybe Hillary needs to get back into the race. (laughs) Like it's our time (laughs) to like. It's it's our time to you know give Hillary a second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Oh dude! I don't even know how many times she's run for president at this point. But like you know you know shit's bad. Whenever people are like, "Yeah, well, maybe Hillary would wouldn't be so bad after all," Man, you know, like might
2: be better than them, right? I, like, or did you see the uh, or was the uh, the, uh, the ticket that Andrew Yang was was uh trying to get behind? Yeah, do y'all see this? What is it the, it the the Biden Cheney Biden Cheney? Yeah, we're 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 bringing him back. <laughs>
1: No. So what
0: happens She's with one of the
2: Kamala?
1: Like, I don't understand. Like, you just like say, hey, Kamala, sorry, get the fuck out. Like, how does that even work? <laughs> I mean, you can. Like, how do you I mean, get rid the, of the vice president? No,
2: I mean, in, in theory, right? That, right? I mean, that's, that, that's been that's done before, before in the past, right? When FDR they, did they, it, right? FDR did it, right? Got Jeez. rid of Henry Wallace because he was too based. Yeah, he got right? rid of Henry Wallace and then put Truman on the ballot, right? So you can have a rotating cast of, of VPs if you so choose to do that.
1: <laughs> I just can't imagine, like, trading in Kamala Harris for fucking Liz Cheney. Like, I don't understand, like, what improvement can't you are making. Do, yeah. I know Kamala Harris is fucking awful, but please tell uh-huh. me how Liz Cheney uh-huh. somehow would outshine Kamala in any way, obsessed,
2: shape, or form. Let's see, seven, the Bernie uh, AOC, AOC is ticket is the ticket. That's what I said. If AOC runs, then mm-hmm. you can... You know, have it leaked up in the messaging that Bernie will be the VP, and, th- and that's what you run. No, 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 no. Reverse
1: got- that. Reverse that. Reverse that. And think about it for a second.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this yeah. is thing. like running the Bernie run, can have as know, much running, influence running as he is. That's what I'm saying. You can, but but I'm saying like in in terms of you know actually running up a campaign. I mean, if you have AOC who has like the, you know the Lisa, you know the charisma, the national prominence, all that kind of stuff, and it le- and then you have Bernie behind her in that specific type of way then you know i think you kind of end up with a very you know a pretty strong ticket to run behind
3: they they Uh. were going to like biden was going to resign like right before the election and let her run right maybe i mean it depends it depends on how he's doing because he's got like he's not doing so hot you know what i mean like Mm he i'm surprised he hasn't had more gas but that's just because he's had very limited appearances like he's not He's not like physically able to like do the job, right? Like he's like not able to like talk to the people and do the like the events and stuff that he needs to really accomplish anything,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? So basically, anybody would be. That's why I'm like Hillary Clinton would probably be better, you yeah. know. Like yeah, she's a like oh, you know yeah, I gotta like, gotta
2: strap up to, to run for to get behind she's Hillary a globalist. And, yeah, like I'm gonna have to get behind Hillary Warhawk, for, this, like, for a third time. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i mean i wanted to ask you though so how did how did you go from you know being the whole Yo, yeah. you know live queen and everything else like that to supporting bernie and moving more left
1: It, ha- it was have,
2: a- like are you like
3: a marxist like uh what do you do you call yourself anything
1: I don't. I, 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 I meme a lot about Mao because oh, I, mm-hmm. in my, like, the only thing landlords. that in some cases, like, gives me, like, a thrill uh, is to antagonize landlords. Like, I know it's bad, but sometimes the thing that brightens my day is to bring forward the cruelty of landlords and then do what I can to evidence how unnecessary they truly are and then maybe throw in there that like maybe mal was right maybe a struggle session is necessary have you all ever heard of biggerpockets.com no you don't want to know what it is so (laughs) it's a landlord forum where they'll ask questions or they will receive advice or tips whenever they're you know, trying to deal with a pesky yeah, okay, landlord. Yeah, I've heard so like a pesky before,
3: yeah.
1: yeah, like a pesky landlord is like a terminally ill cancer patient who is like <laughs> halfway through their rental contract and they're trying to uh they're <laughs> trying to get out of the rest of the contract by dying. How do they evict them and get the money before they die? Like I swear oh, to God, that's like what? how fucking awful it is. Yeah, I sw- I swear. Wow. It's like literally the most it's the most despicable shit you could ever see.
3: Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, they're awful, they're awful.
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, so, yeah, we're doing the Lord's work. Um, sorry, go ahead, yeah, truly, truly doing the Lord's work out there. <laughs> I mean, people just, just think it's like the way it's supposed to be, right? We just that the landlord, you know, has to be there, right? They act like it's inevitability, it's that like capitalist realism, you know,
1: yeah, it's because. It's a necessity. It's, you know, mm-hmm. pretty high on the top of most, like, needs pyramid, you know, like the... Right,
2: yeah, place to sleep, place to live. Like, the, hierarch-
1: so- the hierarchy of needs usually places, like, shelter somewhere close <laughs> to, like, the top, next to, like, food and, like, water. Yes. And, uh... So- the government has no the obligation Lord to provide you. us the housing. We have to go into the private market. We have to be consumers. We have to purchase mm. or not purchase, but we have to rent within our means. And sometimes that's mm. really difficult. And what we get is what we get. Right. And we don't have a robust affordable housing or public housing model in this country. We're literally forced to, to rent to landlords whose mission is to maximize profits every year and extract as much as possible Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, improve their own revenue. Yes. And it's a business and they say it's a business and, and it's cutthroat Mm -hmm. and they would rather allow people to die than to give them, them, the tenants, any kind of option for negotiation which is why i also like to talk about how we have no rights as tenants and we don't have anything that would be the equivalent of a national uh union association like there is for labor unions Mm -hmm. and in many respects Because we have no rights, that's what we're kind of used to. That's what we have normalized. We just accept that we have no rights to the property or the amount of rent that we are paying every month. We would never dare to negotiate the terms of the contract. We just accept it and we pay the monthly rate. And if it gets to a point where we can no longer afford the rent, we move out or we're evicted for non-payment. And I think that it's such a humiliating thing to have to admit that you are experiencing cost burden status as a lower income renter who's not receiving any HUD subsidy because those are also few and far between. Mm-hmm. You're left to your own mm-hmm. devices and nobody really wants to talk about the fact that there's a pretty good chance that you could be one of the 18 million people who are <laughs> you know, paying 50% of your monthly income on rent. Yeah, And that is yeah. what... You know, a lot of people just have normalized as well. Like, it's normal to pay so much money to simply keep a roof over your head. It's not. That, it's, it's not is, anything over thirty percent, and that's still a lot as well.
2: Right, give me, yeah, I mean, yeah. So still say
3: this you're it's saying landlords landlords radicalized you, right? Um, but it was.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't so much like. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't so much like one landlord. I think that I was. Living in Washington, D.C., and I had only learned a little bit about, like, planning issues, but I was living in a gentrified area, like, an up-and-coming gentrified area, and just, like, seeing people, like, coming and going, like, uh, watching, like, multi-million dollar row homes built, watching people move out across the street. Uh, I lived in the Northeast Quadrant. It was a very, very diverse neighborhood, and a lot of people were just kind of, like, experiencing homelessness because uh, some of the highest rates of homelessness are in the DC metro area. In DC alone, almost 1% of the entire population is experiencing homelessness. That is unheard of. That is insane. Wow. insane. And having conversations with the unhoused who were kind of just like hanging out, just kind of radicalized me more than anything else. In part because I found them to be, and this is where like, I always say this, this is kind of like my like my stump speech, so to speak, because. People ask me this all the time, like what made you so interested in, in caring about the unhoused as if like, I really do need to lay this out, but it Mm -hmm. really is like the way that it happened whenever I was in, you know, DC and going out and, you know, I don't know if y'all are familiar with like the crowd in DC, but it's a whole bunch of DC staffers and they kind of suck. The guys there suck pretty bad. (laughs) So like I ended up having like better conversations with people who were experiencing homelessness outside of the bars than the fucking assholes who were in the bars telling me that they were smarter than me because they went to George Washington university. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I don't give a shit that you went to George Washington university. It's not Georgetown. Is it bitch? You know what I mean? So (laughs) sorry.
2: That no, that's that, that, uh (laughs) makes complete. Some of my good friends went to Georgetown. (laughs) (laughs) Nice dude. I bet you they're very proud. There. They went to the most
1: yeah. prestigious of DC schools. <laughs> that sounds so
2: yeah. insufferable. I mean, I don't know how you yeah, would my my really like-
3: <laughs> He says he works it into like every conversation, or he like tells like you know a story or something. Well,
2: you, you, you I mean, just his, like, his friends were cool though. University. Like they were nice
3: guys. Like yeah, I mean, they're not less bad as some of the you know the other schools I've had run-ins with, mm. you know, like the Columbia kids or the Princeton kids. I feel
2: like were... are you know, oh like, yeah, they kids. have to be way worse. Like, like you, if uh, yeah. like if you went like to they're Columbia, like real Ivy League shit. Right, like if you went to Columbia Law, Matt, would you just trying to drop that into every conversation? And be like, I am I Columbia Law maybe, graduate. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe.
3: It's hard to say. It's so expensive. I mean, if you do, yeah, yeah, right. It's like you know that's a real uh, affirmative action. Is the legacy admissions right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, I congratulations, um, you're a legacy. You know, you're... I played ultimate frisbee in college. So we used to play tournaments with all these schools, and really was
2: like the more prestigious the school, like, the bigger dicks the kids were. Like the <laughs> kid, you know. Yeah, I, I believe I, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if it's just on some level, if it's always there, or they just, or, or once they get in a college like that, it just goes to their head. Like, huh? I'm, I'm really at Stanford. I'm I'm really, probably come from. I
3: mean, they literally (laughs) do come from some of the most ghoulish families in the world, so
2: it's a good chance they did they got there like that. (laughs) I just imagine someone do like introducing themselves to like, Hi, I'm so and so. I went to Stanford, I'm a Harvard grad. (laughs) Like, I'm currently in Harvard. It just seems so unnatural and so pompous, right? (laughs) Um. Sorry, um, it, in case there's anybody.
3: Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, in case there's any Ivy Leaguers in the chat. Uh, yes. You know, no offense.
2: Like, no offense. Ivy. I actually I have
1: a mod that. who is. Um, I actually have a mod who is a, a graduate student at Harvard.
2: Okay. But I mean, oh. well, I'm wondering if your does your mod just work that into you know everyday conversation as well?
1: No, <laughs> no. I think that he takes a lot of pride in talking about how he um, has kind of set. It, he set himself mm-hmm. apart because he wasn't like a legacy. Mm-hmm. uh admission he had to work him, he had to work his way through undergraduate and graduate school yeah so uh, i think he definitely is uh you know not necessarily fitting the mold for the mm. common yeah. person who ends up in <coughs> harvard or <coughs> ivy league yeah, schools I mean, in general
3: mm-hmm. we're attacking them but seriously they probably have you know 4.0 yeah. anyway i <laughs> mean <laughs> they just have a 4.0 and you know have money to go to those schools <sighs> Are they I, are they
1: like really smart? I don't know.
3: That's what I'm saying. Because like, I, I watched uh.
1: Uh-huh. You watched it like did you watch the I was on Netflix like the uh the school admission scandal like they kind of like broke it down.
2: No, I didn't get to mm-hmm. watch that yet. Yeah, you I mean, didn't see it. you're talking about but um
1: I mean it's not it's not even that good but like I mean it was a lot of celebrities and like I don't know. I don't know how smart those kids are <laughs> and they weren't necessarily going to like Harvard or Yale. Right. But uh yeah, like, yeah. Are, is, like, is, like, little Buckley smarter <laughs> yeah. than, like, my
0: mod?
2: I don't think so. Well, The yeah. fail sound industrial complex. That's the thing, like, I mean, exactly. when <laughs> you talk about, like, the fail sound industrial, right? <laughs> fail sound industrial <laughs> complex, um, I mean, well, if you do come from money, then you have more resources to pay for shit, like private tutors, if they need to get their grade up, you can gr- even, yeah. like we've seen with the emission scandals, you can grease the schools to give you your your kid better grades you know and like the same thing in high school yeah. like
3: if you're like donating new libraries to the school and shit like that the teachers are going to take notice you know yeah like they might not straight up cheat for you but it might give you a little you know point here or there right
2: like oh you know your grade's a little low i can mm-hmm. give you some extra credit do this extra credit assignment you know, you have private tutors working with you. Then, you know, I can get through this. thing. I mean, I can't imagine how much of the shit that, I, that I've done in, like, uh, high school and even in college would have been made easier by having, like, you know, some private tutor walk me through every fucking thing that I couldn't understand. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. So, like, you know, kind of going back to the original question, like, mm-hmm. is uh, a rich kid smarter or do they just have everything kind of like presented the, to them that gives them so many opportunities, like so many opportunities for advancement. Yep. That it's like, you know, your your parents are almost like, I don't know, making it really difficult <laughs> to, uh, to argue that you should be the next, I don't know, whatever job you will take over from your parents, as if that's <laughs> any of my business. But mm. my point being is that, you know, it's hard to even – measure how smart they are and i don't believe in iq i think that that's like a faulty mm-hmm. i think that's like a it's like a faulty metric to and to measure intelligence yeah, and yes. yet standardized testing is like how you determine whether or not you mm-hmm. get into any like higher higher level you know university or what have you
3: i feel like i don't know that's like you can't even say about intelligence it's like what mm-hmm. jobs does it like most of these office jobs that these kids are going to get, these Harvard grads, like, you know, there's obviously like the STEM type jobs, but I think most of these jobs are like bullshit anyway, right? Like these, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like finance and, uh, you know, sort of like Wall Street, uh, uh, you know, Madison Avenue sort of type jobs, right? Or, you know, like the lanyard type jobs in DC. It's like, it's really hard to like gauge like what, their intelligence is for if the jobs are just like, I feel like you could teach most people how to do practically, you know, maybe
2: 90% of jobs in like a few days, you know? Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so then from 2016 to 2020, what brought you to go ahead and support Bernie then?
1: It had a lot to do with going back to graduate school okay. and, uh, I went to a really, pro- I went to a really progressive school. Actually, I went to UNM, mm-hmm. and they were at the forefront of fighting for uh, Dreamers, and mm. they had a program in planning that was based not on like, you know, the fundamentals of neoliberal-based uh, localized politics, which is what. Planning essentially is, especially if you're working for a local that's planning department within the municipal it. government. They had a they had curriculum hey, that was just- centered around community development, right? You have a different you have co- a couple different paradigms. You have a couple different planning paradigms, but they had a very specific focus on community development. It was also one of the only institutions that had a Native American planning program, mm. and. It was from taking a class in Native, planning on Native American lands is what it was called. And just really learning about colonialism, like no holds bar colonialism, because obviously Professor was not going to be holding back on the details. Mm. I started to get radicalized through learning about how fucking awful this country was <laughs> by just simply knowing what actually happened.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Which is something that you yes. can learn online, but it was like, you know... Rather than being forced into the indoctrinized neoliberal theory, and I was mm. as well, but I took planning on ma- Native American lands first mm. and like I really opened up my eyes to like all of the blind spots that a lot of us have because well, it's not really built into the curriculum to talk about like the Dawes Act. like mm. the Trail of Tears mm. might be talked about, but it's like so
2: but quickly brushed over right yeah, it's very, mm. very brushed over and they don't really <laughs> emphasize how I mean it, it, all the rest of the shit that came along with with, with the western um expansion right they tell you yeah uh what did, they, like, what did they tell you manifest destiny and it was like this great thing manifest. when they hear when they talk about when they talk about it in history they don't tell you about like you know like the bounties and scalp stuff and then yeah. you know they'll go yeah, over the
1: gold rush and, like, <clears> and the they, gold rush <laughs> like oh yeah everybody
2: headed mm-hmm. west yeah. everybody went to make their fortune We're like okay the Oregon uh, trail who, yeah whose land mm-hmm. was that? <laughs> i mean let alone stuff that happened like with the with the Sioux and like in the and I mean, where Mount Rushmore came from? How did they choose that that uh, mountain range? Right? How did they end up acquiring that land in the first place? Right? You know. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then you probably get like you know Custer's last stand. Like, oh, they they butchered him, and he was a <laughs> war yeah, yeah, hero, right. and oh, all yeah, that. All. Meanwhile, well, they don't yeah. say shit about what the hell he was doing before. Yeah, and it's made, hard made to really somewhat. like. Yeah,
3: it's really hard to like kind of like step beyond like too far beyond like the mainstream narrative before you start getting radicalized. I think, you know, I think it's just like, it's really hard to like look at the facts. That's why, like I say, like, you know, like when right-wingers come in here and all, it's like, we know that they're wrong, right? Like the policies that they want to do, we know for a fact that they're wrong, right? Like the, like data is there, it's collected. Neoliberalism has just destroyed the world. Like it's fucked everything up. Right. Like, we know this, right? We know every single sector is just, like, just ravaged. Like, no, like, the fucking public goods have all been gutted. It's all just, you know, the, uh, you know, the commons is gone, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And the results are in. So, like, we don't, I don't really need to know your opinion on stuff. It's, like, when they, like, the debate bros and all, it's, like, what are you even talking to them for? Like, None oh. of them are gonna change their well, minds, right? It's like speaking
1: of that and like the land back discourse.
3: Yeah. I don't know
1: how like I don't know how like drama how much drama you get I mean, into, we, so we, I don't want to that. We dabble, we,
2: we dabble we, we in we dabble, like, stuff. like, It depends on the on the flavor yeah. of drama. What what kind of what are we talking about?
3: We have our favorites. We yes. like to track and make fun of. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so
1: some of the some Of the discourse that I've heard, and I try not to get into it too much, but uh, a pretty popular leftist YouTuber uh tried to say that Land Back was actually like reverse white genocide. Oh, something to that effect. Does
2: he, does he go by, yes. does he
1: go by Bush? Yes, he does.
2: <laughs> Yo, Ian
1: neoliberalism is gutting all of our American institutions yes. and the damage is already done, and the results <laughs> are already in and we don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to hear the opinions of leftists who say that Land Back is actually white genocide. Yeah, there you go.
2: So, yes, we do frequently go ahead and talk about Vush uh, on here because, you know, he finds himself in, like, the training tabs because of one stupid take that he has or another. I mean, he was talking to Professor Flowers, he's right? He's fucking trending um, all the time. He's trending all the time because it's of so the shit sus. that he says left and right about you know, what have you. I mean, the first time that he came under, it, okay, so what? So to back up uh, to, like, the first time that we really talked about this dude was uh, Matt was on a panel with uh, Kendall Shibata on his uh, stream, and Boosh was, like, on the main panel, and then um, Matt did, like, the post-show breakdown. Like, in I mean, Matt came out of it just, like, tell, like, wailing on this dude. Like, man, that dude is just so up his own ass. You know, when you hear him when he talks... Uh, Whatever he's talking about. I mean, in that panel, you know, he got kind of owned by one of our homies. But um, that afterwards, then he came back again when he did the whole tactical M-bomb thing. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. He did some uh, tactical anti-Semitism last night. Yes. So he went to tactical M bombs <laughs> to tactical anti-Semitism. <laughs> if you didn't catch this,
1: I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think that like he might be doing this on purpose to get uh, mm-hmm. to get to, to, to trend on on Twitter.
2: I mean, it, I, mean I mean, if it, it's working, he kind of know. admitted that with that <laughs> N word one, right? Right. The N word one because before he wasn't a big. I feel NBA, like he kind of said that, right? right? So yeah, like the, 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 that was the like N-word... a publicity stunt, right? So I mean, the, <laughs> the, the so oh, the huh? context of of the, of the tactical N-word for y'all that don't know in, in the chat too. Uh, he was debating a bunch of uh, neo-Nazis and when he was debating them then they kept dropping you know, casual I'm N-bombs. I'm sure they know. Right, hard R. I'm sure everyone's know. heard the story. Right, so I mean if y'all haven't heard yeah. this one I'll just go through that pretty quickly. And then, so <laughs> as, a, as a counter to that or as a tactic then, uh, you know, uh, Ian over there, Vush, uh, started dropping the, the, the N-bomb himself. And, His justification was that he wanted to show that it didn't throw him off by them saying it. Yeah, yeah. And
3: he's got those kids so poisoned that exactly, like Tukar says in the chat, he riled his fan base into calling basically any anti-imperialist into a tanky. Yes, exactly. It's it's nuts that they do that. I just don't like the influence he's having because he's turning
2: all these. Because he's a father figure to so many psychos. (laughs)
1: That's like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. c- weird, but seemingly true. Well,
2: no, they were all defending uh, him
1: last night. Yeah, they, I they were. mean,
2: We saw the, the tweet from, from yesterday because, I mean, so the tactical anti-Semitism thing that that he was doing was, okay, His whole ar- the whole argument was about having an ethics or a moral uh, system that informs your politics, right? So he was like talking, he was about, he was a, getting behind like a utilitarianism and, you know, I'm a utilitarian. So therefore I'm a Marxist in these respects. Uh, And um, the dude he was debating was just trying to focus on, on the politics of it, you know, and what debate bros inevitably do is try to paint you into a corner that they can therefore attack. And that's what they end up doing. Mm -hmm. They say, you are this and I'm going to criticize you in this specific way and make you answer for, this caricature that I've made of you and see and, and and along the way of doing that, what uh, came about was this, this, uh, this, I guess he posed it as a hypothetical. It didn't really seem all that clear when you look at the live stream, but he brought up the idea of, um, Jews controlling all the banking in Germany, therefore providing some sort of rationale for Nazi ideology. (laughs) And uh at that point, then the debate the, the was cut short. Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> I couldn't believe he said that.
3: He said there was a disproportionate amount of Jewish bankers. Like There was a the disproportionate Republic. amount of Jewish bankers. In straight the- up <laughs> Nazi shit. Straight up Nazi shit. And yeah. then his his crowd were still defending him. Yes, they were like, after- oh,
2: this was actually 5D chess. Yes, knew like, what he was, was, was doing chess. Here. He was trying to show the lack of – he was trying to show the fault in, in, uh, in non-competes uh moral arrangement. You know, he has no moral system, and that's the problem, is it leads to pogroms like Nazi Germany. <laughs> yeah.
1: I can't believe so, that somehow oh. there is a more toxic version of a DGG out there. <laughs>
2: I know. Wait, I mean, that's it's. They're all like that too. But, the, but it's it's the, it's the same like for all of them. It's the same kind of tactic. You know, it's 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 not even so much about the substance, which is why I don't think it's it's really productive what they do. It's it's just about the tactics. <laughs> um, how long have you been streaming for?
1: I started streaming in August of 2019. August or September.
2: Mm that's about uh, let's well, see that was uh, about a year before we started right I don't,
3: I don't know you're you're better with the uh the dates <laughs> like that
2: <laughs> oh, there, there you go good. thank you very much thank you for the subbies appreciate that Dude, um age meta yep. killing it yeah we, <clears throat> so,
0: so uh what what oh got
2: God. you uh started into streaming i mean did you come with a like did you start with like a plan in mind of what you wanted to do or what you wanted to talk about
1: No, I didn't even want to, I didn't, I didn't have a plan because I didn't think that I was going to be streaming for too long. Mm. Uh, I found out through unfortunate circumstances that I was kind of subject to some identity theft. Oh. And some, yeah, so. He knows all
3: about that. Do you? He's been identity thieved. Um, but, but like
1: for very nefarious purposes mm. like somebody stealing my Ooh. identity and pretending to be me not for stealing all of the money that I have but mm. trying to uh, trying to find ways to I can only assume how far they would go but mm. basically it, it it included like hacking into my things oof and getting access to my my phone in um, ways that I still cannot completely understand or compromise because wow, so it's so above my head. So
0: <clears throat>
1: I was originally just like, I'm going to like find out what's going on, find out what the fuck is up, mm-hmm. and then take things from there. And then in the interim of like realizing that, uh, some people had advised that I just let it go. That it probably wasn't mm-hmm. going to work out in my favor. I was like, okay, is that a threat? Um, I ended up making, like, some friends. And my community ended up, like, really helping me. And I didn't realize that I was in a, such a dark time as I was whenever. So
3: were- <laughs> yeah, just. Like a revenge streamer? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, on yeah. a quest? But, like, awesome. not out to,
1: like, get any one particular streamer. Like, my revenge is, like, strictly with my abuser. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the reason why I'll never feel comfortable, like staying on Twitch. Like it's definitely not like a long-term endeavor. I, mm. uh, I also Wait. kind of learned, or I had very good reason to suspect that the person had infiltrated, like, not just like my personal computers, but like my work computers oh, wow. and like the nature Ooh. of my work. Yeah, no, it was like it very, it was, be- it's very bad.
2: So, so like, I ended up quitting my job, completely invaded your mm-hmm. life.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah. Wow. This was <clears throat> like uh, somebody from one line or?
1: No, somebody who I know, them? like somebody who is from my past. Okay. Right. I don't, I, I, I don't have that kind of reach. I didn't have that kind of reach. I was like a very... I was, like, a a nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I was so confused as to how, like, anybody could know who I was because I was just, like, I'm a regular person. I'm, like, a nobody. Like, I don't understand, like, how this is even happening. And it took me a long time to kind of put the pieces together because this person was, like, so far removed from my life at that time. Wow. That, like, I couldn't even believe that, like, he was... I couldn't even believe that, like, it could be him. And now I just have, like, confidence that, like, it's definitely him.
3: Mm -hmm. So... So you, like... Got on here and like started like trying to track him, like
1: just collecting information. Like, mm-hmm. people wow, will come in so and like,
3: awesome. That's people so will just cool.
1: come in and say shit, like, and like give me some information. Sometimes it can make me a little paranoid. Sometimes, like, it doesn't help at all. But at the same time, I had one of two options in my mind after learning that, like, he won't stop, he personal computers. Or computers putting my clients at risk at the time. Like I couldn't, I didn't, cause I was thinking to myself, like I could potentially get in trouble if I knowingly continue to work, knowing that this person has hacked, you know, this computer and is like also leaking my client's information. God, right. Cause yeah. I didn't know the degree to which I could get in trouble because oh. like I had a pretty good reason that he was not stopping at my work computer And, uh, that could somehow come back and, and affect me, or I could be responsible for that without knowing like exactly how, but like I, in good, just like in good conscience, Mm -hmm. I couldn't just put somebody at risk or a client at risk. So I ended up quitting a little prematurely Mm -hmm. and I ended up kind of being like, I kind of freaked out and quit my job.
3: Oh, Were you working and, with the Unhoused there?
1: No, I was not. I was actually doing like a, I was like in the, I was in the construction and like, uh, gardening industry. Like I was doing like private, uh, private planning work, if you will.
0: That's
3: pretty it's like cool. a
1: site plan manager. Mm,
3: yeah. 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 Pretty so
1: like going cool. back to like feeling as though, okay, so I can, I can do nothing. And this this was, like, one of my reasons for, like, just getting online in the first place. I was okay. like,
3: I can yep, do this nothing. Is hard. You don't have to go into it, you know? No, it's, a, right? it's okay. I don't want to, like, trigger you or whatever.
1: Uh, it's, it's okay. Like, okay. if I need to stop, like, I'll
3: just stop. Okay. But
1: Word. I was like, I can do nothing. And I can, like, allow this person to just continue to do what he's doing. Or, like, I can fight back in the way that, in my mind, would make it as hard as possible for him to maintain the lie. It's like, I'm just going to go onto a fucking website myself. And I'm going to... I'm going to... That has to make it more difficult for him to keep this fucking lie going. It just has to. So, like that really was, like, in part, taking back my power. Mm -hmm. Because if he was going to be, like, just exposing everything that I did Mm -hmm. at all times, then, like, I almost felt that it was necessary, almost, to to stand up for myself. And I really didn't know how else to stand up for myself. I didn't know exactly how to go about trying to, A, figure out what the fuck was going on, and B, like not allow him to take any more power Mm -hmm. away from me by just like continue to violate space and privacy in every like sense of the word. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I just kind of like went with it and it never felt like it, it obviously didn't feel organic. And I don't think that like it was, it was ever going to feel like it was just like a natural, like, process of just starting to stream one day
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh which is why like i'm totally just not committed to streaming because it it just kind of feels so disingenuous in a a way like it doesn't feel like it's like my decision like my choice because i really wanted to it was like i did it kind of out of necessity
2: you were backed into a thing where you had to do it because you had to yeah right okay yeah you got a you know
3: nice community going over there right i feel like um I do yeah, sometimes H- I too- some streams
1: and- yeah right. sometimes I kind of like put a little bit too much on them uh mm. so they're great
2: oh I've been able chat, to really <laughs> we drop Do we drop for a second Wait, all right it was <laughs> uh, says uh Amy is uh, Amy EC3 is who what is what I look forward to after a long day at work
1: <laughs> here we go uh thank you Hmama
2: <laughs> you see
3: yeah you uh they're dependent on you, can't quit. <laughs> so, no. um, I, right, I mean, so I have like plans for. School, What's that? Uh, yeah, you were gonna. Sorry, go
1: ahead. Oh, I, gra- I ended, I don't know how I ended up graduating. Mm-hmm. Dur- like during the time that I was starting, I was starting to find out that I was on the internet, mm-hmm. the internet. So, um, I ended up graduating. I got a master's in planning.
2: Okay.
1: And uh, i Knew I wanted to go into affordable housing and I had, like, curriculum wise, I had prepared to begin a career That's in affordable housing development.
2: Dang, and, uh, that there we go.
1: oh, hell yeah, you got some H Mata subs? Yeah, yeah,
3: thank you, you very much. Killing it over there. Yeah, wow.
1: <laughs> get in there, H hey, Mata, get in like H yeah. <laughs> Mata, if you can. Look at
2: that. Yep. Wow. So you decided to go into uh, affordable housing right after your, your master's.
1: So I actually spent a lot of time. Focusing on like affordable housing issues. While I I had already, Mm -hmm. I had already garnered like a lot of interest. It had already piqued my curiosity to learn more about affordable housing and homelessness solutions. Mm -hmm. And so I actually applied for, <laughs> I actually applied for a dual MBA planning program at George Washington University. It's not Georgetown, <laughs> but George Washington University, and I got an interview, but I didn't get in. And um, mm. I ended up moving to Albuquerque for a job. And about a year into my new job, where I was a, you know, I was a director. I was like a, I was like a managing people, a personnel manager. That is uh, a lot of work mm-hmm. to do if you do not like to be a manager so mm-hmm. I, I had realized about one year into my new job yes. that i, I it hated, it. I hated yes. being a i hated being a manager okay. so i ended up just taking classes like thinking to thinking to like maybe go back to school okay and so <coughs> i started to take classes and mm-hmm. at that point i had already you know had a like a very strong interest in, in advocacy for the unhoused. Mm -hmm. I volunteered at a shelter. I, it was actually an all male shelter. So it was like a mid shelter. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was really, it kind of like, it was really sad because I went to a coalition. It was just like a coalition where you can decide what housing program you volunteer for. And I was like, I would like to do the, the women infant and children Shelter. I would like to volunteer there and they're like, um, you know, like we always have people who are volunteering there. You know who we don't have showing up to volunteer. They're like the Albuquerque opportunity center, the AOC. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an all men shelter. And I was like, okay. So I ended, oh, up, I ended up there because like, that's where they were kind of like shuffling me into anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it. I can like, you know, kick it with like a few unhoused mm-hmm. gentlemen like, I can do that, and I did. And uh, I ended up having one of the most successful programs at that uh, unha- at that shelter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I basically just would sew back their sew together their garments if there was like a hole or like something needed stitched up. And people just thought I was a therapist because we would just talk and like. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people ended up finding value in is somebody who just like was willing to talk to them and like you start to realize how incredibly lonely mm-hmm. all unhoused people are mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they've obviously uh, they've all obviously fallen fallen victim to like a very oppressive system that like didn't help them whenever they were about to hit rock
3: bottom yeah there's so many situations too where i feel like It wouldn't even take a ton of government intervention like I mean yeah obviously it would to like fully get them like going right but just like having somebody to like help them do like a handful of things you know like somebody to like talk to them is just like just the bare minimum government like you know accountability there right it's just they can't do that
1: so there was actually a pilot program in the state of Utah that put money into what is called a permanent supportive housing program. Very common Mm -hmm. in various parts of Scandinavia, but basically the government fully funds a shelter system that also provides supplemental services like jobs programs, uh, addiction specialists or service, uh, Mm -hmm. other needs, healthcare food. And it's actually cheaper. It it was proven to be cheaper in the long run. Yeah then it would be mm-hmm. to continue the system as it is and continue to exhaust uh healthcare systems, the incarcer, you know, with incarceration being the typical place where an unhoused person will end up. So it's helping to maintain the prison industrial complex to a certain degree. It's also just uh, taking taxpayer dollars and offering very short term solutions that don't necessarily lead to any real, you know, long-term mm-hmm. sustainable or, uh, healthy placements of the unhouse they usually just end up right back where they were after they spent a few nights in jail. So yeah, it's uh yeah. It's, it, it's it's a, it's tr- it's very true that the government is spending is spending way more money not fixing this problem yeah. by providing housing instead of just providing people yep. with housing. Right.
3: Yeah. So um, sadistic. Right. It is like yeah. the keeping all the cops in like uh, their whole you know, so much of their job is just like, you know, chasing unhoused and beating the crap out of people and just locking them up and getting them, you know, on the cycle, right? Just repeating. And it's like, we know this, it's like the absolute worst thing we could do. It's just like, you know, if you look at like, in just like your, you know, your municipal uh, budgeting, right? It's just like, Everything is wrong. It's all backwards. They're funding all the wrong things. It's all just, how can we funnel this money to, you know, like uh, rich donor class types, right? How can we get this from the taxpayers into rich people's pockets and not actually helping anybody, you know, like doing, like canvassing for defund the police. It was like all the people you talked to were, first of all, they were almost all involved, right? They were all like interested to get, you know, to change that. And second of all, it's just like, you could tell they hadn't even been, <clears throat> people don't think about that. I don't think. Right. But I think most like regular people who must like intensely political involved, they don't think about like the way your taxes, like your city taxes are being spent. Right. They don't realize that like half of it goes to the cops, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. The other
1: exactly
0: half subsidizes wrong. suburbs. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, yeah.
3: it's It's almost like you need the building lobby to be, because you have all these like real estate developers who are the only people who are at all involved, like trying to influence local politics. Right? There's not like, uh, you know, there's not like a like an unhoused advocates uh, lobbying group, right? Mm -hmm. So these developers get in. It's all, you know, again asking for the exact role, you know, giant big new condos instead of you know ways to actually. Get people in the housing that we already have, right? Because it's like there's enough housing. It's just right, and it's then they're like surplus right? housing
2: in the country, but then we end up with how yeah. many people homeless? Uh, just to catch up on the chat, it says uh, uh, Ash says, uh, Bad Praxis loves your stream. If, and she first heard of mm-hmm. Amy through a Kennedy uh, crouch. Okay. Um, yeah. Kate Monjaro, thank you very much for getting to the top now. Um, the girl from Bad Praxis. Yeah, oh, I think. yeah, Kennedy's. So
3: I haven't seen they haven't streamed in a while, huh? Yeah.
1: They haven't. I think they got they got a new job. I think the last time they came oh. in, they were talking oh. about how they, they were they were getting ready for a new job and like they were going to have to cut back their hours. Oh, uh,
2: okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let's see. The system exactly. loves Homes approach. It teaches
3: the rest well, of exactly, the Exactly, but it's like there's that, but I don't think they need this much of it, you know? That whole, like, reserve army of labor type arguments, right? Mm-hmm. They need people to be miserable. Whoa! <laughs> oh, also, thank you, Vouchtrak, too. I appreciate
1: yeah. that okay, so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank
2: you very <laughs> much, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Daddy I really Dennis, I haven't seen that guy in the
3: Appreciate
2: that. Um,
3: I mean... I don't know. I think it's like a lot of it has to do with like funding for the police, right? Like the weapons contractors, like that kind of, that's like the number one industry in the country. you know, like that's our national export now, right? Like those guys have a lot of sway. So I think that like funding for police is basically just funding for them, right? Um, If we had more robust sort of housing type people, we could maybe potentially get contractors who were going to benefit from government spending on housing if they got more politically involved, I mean, I feel like that could help, but it's like, again, it's like, how do you root for like lobbyists? Right.
1: Yeah. Um. I, so some of the best work that we have seen thus far in terms of political activism is the fight against gentrification of Brooklyn and mm-hmm. tenant activists have been going to bat hard as can, like are, as hard as a tenant, as, as hard as tenant right activists can. So the issue with, the sway that landlords and property owners have in the political process at the local level is that (laughs) renters and, and, uh, you know, students, they only have temporary access to the community incumbent upon their ability to afford rents. The landlords and the owners, they are anchored to their neighborhoods and mm-hmm. city council tends to carry more weight with what they want. And that's why there's so much power behind the NIMBY movement, not in my backyard mm-hmm. because homeowners take with them into those public forums, this entitlement to have mm-hmm. a larger or to demand a larger share or stake in those land-use decision-making processes because they live there. They own Mm. their home. They pay property taxes. Renters don't. And that's where their power is really leveraged to demand that their needs are met. And their needs just happen to be no new multifamily housing complexes to further diversify our suburban neighborhood. We like the we like the aesthetics or they'll say we like the, we like the culture.
3: And their property values, right? It's like any increase in like affordable housing, this severely cuts that. Like if we made a giant investment, not only would it, you know, it would, I don't know how the landlords would feel about it, but it would certainly devalue all the, you know,
1: I don't know. So, like, um, the way that land valuation tends to work, it's very skewed in favor of uh, landlords and, oh, not even landlords, but uh, single-family dwellings anyway. And so whenever appraisers there and they are doing land valuation on the home, I don't necessarily know how the increase in new public housing stock or a diverse mixed-use uh, public housing a stock could have any bearing on the value of one single-family home because it's kind of antithetical to the way that land valuation tends to work with new development redevelopment or renovations that are usually you know the beginning stages of gentrification that have a positive effect on property values Because of the appreciation of the land, because it becomes more valuable. Now the question is whether or not the land will be more will lose value if a suburban area is now a you know a diverse group of of uh, mixed use and single family, maybe even commercial uh, buildings that could drive down the overall appeal of what was once a suburban enclave that was kind of alienating the rich affluent nuclear families from the rest of the world, which then you're pointing to the fact that, well, racism is still alive and well in the housing market. Maybe we should just pretend we should like stop pretending rather that it's, it's not right. Cause that points to a bigger issue that is tied to why there is still this very commonly held belief that any new development of multi-family housing will somehow devalue the property values of single-family dwelling. Uh,
2: well, you we know, really to, uh, to talk about your article, think, the last
1: one, ER, <laughs> okay.
2: about the ERA program. Uh,
0: no, I, I just, I Nowhere else to oh take me downtown. Down to you, People show me love, but I can't take it. What I said was true. You pain can't fake it. Do they wanna be with me? Do they wanna leave with me? want they wanna feel with me? Do they wanna feel like me? Still, I can't believe it's me. Time you spend the day I spend light on being free On the flights When I see I see you in the sea I wonder why Why I'm I you want to lie When you see me cry Why you want to lie